Welcome to the Off the Bench Podcast, home of all things sports here in the Central Valley. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench. Welcome back to the Off the Bench Podcast, Jason. Man, it uh, we took one week off, and I don't know about you, but it feels like it's been forever since we've been. Oh, no, yeah. It's got to get back in that groove. Got to get back in that groove. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. It's a uh, we got a fun episode coming today. We, rec- we recorded this a little bit a couple yeah. weeks ago, actually, and uh, it's the first episode in a while that, or maybe ever, that I, we actually have to cut something out. Yeah, uh, we had a, we had a, you know <laughs> behind the scenes unedited, you know, got to get the unedited version. No, but yeah, Chris Dahowski, uh absolutely love hit a, hit us up on the DMs for the uh, yeah. <laughs> I like I can't say enough about the uh, Stahowski family, uh, what they mean to me, um, what they mean to my family. Yeah, just. Chris, yeah, just you know, working with Chris and uh, it was yeah. it was a fun one for sure. No, yeah, just you know, that's probably the bad thing is you know we know so much about each other that there's certain things you know how to poke each, you know poke people's buttons. That's right. He went from uh, you know first timer on the show to I think instant friend of show status. Yeah, like he it was uh, it, he was a lot of fun to talk to. So. No, yeah, Chris is good people. Uh, yeah, just absolute blast, absolute uh, fun time just to go down that memory lane and just talk about different things. And yeah, he's. His name gets dropped all the time, so it was like, hey, might as well have this man, you know, on the pod. It's true. It was it was bound to happen at some point because you're right. Just about every episode, we're talking hoops, and yeah, and the name uh, the name Kristahowski comes up. So, yeah, absolutely, it was a good one. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. But uh, first things first, you know, things got announced this week. We got yeah. some playoff brackets to talk about. Yeah, it's uh, it's been busy lately. You know, football playoffs, tennis playoffs, volleyball playoffs. We're kind of getting our first look at the. The yeah, new, how these the uh, new system? Yeah, how is this? How is it? How is this going to work out? How it gets played out? Um, Got to be honest, not a big fan right now. No, I don't. <laughs> like we we kind of talked about this before. If the Division One schools with the most enrollment, you are the one. I feel like they're the ones who are going to pay the dividends. Yeah, they're gonna. The good D one schools will win D one championships. The bad D1 schools are now going to win D2 and D3 championships. Yeah, like like we'll talk about volleyball. Buchanan's in D3. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to find out tomorrow. This episode comes out tomorrow morning, and they play, I think, in the semifinals tomorrow there. You know, Buchanan girls volleyball. You know, and so it's – it's yeah, it's, it's just – and then you have the schools. Like we kind of talked about this, like your tennis program. You guys won D5 last year. You guys are now in D3. Yeah, we got pushed up quite a bit. We and you play a D1 school. Yeah, we anticipated going up to D4, um, which I thought was fair. Didn't anticipate going all the way up to D3, and really didn't anticipate playing a you know a D1 team. What I I I think of Centennial as a as a D1 team, right? They're you know 24, 2500 yeah. kids. Uh, Present, we're not that far from there if we divide by what we got to divide by what yeah, at least 10 <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got about we got about 210 kids or so over so. times yeah so we times fresno christians enrollment by eight or nine ten yeah we're good we got the yeah. same enrollment yeah exactly no but yeah it's 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 tough man like you look at it we talk about you know we we're just talking about other sports but you look at a team like a dos palace football team um might be the biggest example of this they're division two yeah like Dos Palace football has not been really 
They've been they haven't been what they used to be back like in the two thousands. I, I late nineties, early two thousands. I hope for those kids' sake that they go out there and make a statement and, you know, do something big, yeah. shock the shock the world. But I'm afraid it's gonna end quickly. Because they went from a team at D four, D five are winning they're probably competing for a section championship. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they're comp- and, and then getting that opportunity to go to a state so yeah, know, state go bowl to game state and state bid, state bowl game. Yeah. Doing something that, you know, they get to be mentioned in the same as like the you know the Davis brothers, yeah. Kenny James, you know those those teams back then were producing D one guys, legendary Dos Palos. Yeah, Broncos. I don't know if there's D one football players on this team. We'll find out, but but there better be. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about D one college. You yeah, know? I know, <laughs> but like that's what I feel bad for them because they go from a chance to be special, right? To go down just Hall of Fame status of their school. Being just you know legendary, hey, we're D four champs, D five champs. We maybe win a state championship. Now we're going to D two, and you might be done the first night. Yeah, I mean, you think about the other the other example in football, Strathmore. They've these last couple of years they've been doing legendary things down in Division six, winning winning Valley titles and winning state championships. Right. Yep. Now they're all the way up in D three. There's a big difference between D six and D three. We'll see. Hopefully, yeah. like I said, hopefully they win. The fact that I'm 100 percent positive there are probably half the people who watch high school sports. I like, I know probably half the people who watch track football. You know, the Clovis schools and Central probably don't even know there's a D6 yeah. in football. Yeah, no, or know where Strathmore is. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it's yeah, it's crazy to think. You know, this is this is the model, and so it's do you like at D5 schools, D4 like. Do you then start scheduling these D one opponents? This is this is the new it's the new conversation, right? So this fall season was kind of the the experiment. So as you know, I coach girls tennis and boys yeah. tennis, so we got the spring coming up, and we're already looking at how do we schedule differently? Because this year with the girls, we scheduled too light. Yeah, it was too easy. Our record wound up being too good. You're almost forced now to schedule up against teams you probably don't have any business beating. Well, like that's my thing is I don't see like like the D1 schools, like how many D1 schools are going to be like, oh, let's schedule Fresno Christian to play in tennis, right? Because how does that affect them? How does that prepare? Because their thing is let's prepare for league. So like do you then play a bunch of D3 schools? Yeah, we're probably – I mean, we'll we'll see how it plays out, right? Yeah. I think, I think in our case, just because of friendships with other coaches and stuff, I think we'll be able to get some of those D1 matches. Okay. Because um, we're already talking to, you know, coaches and stuff. Yeah. But – you're right. Eventually, if this could prove to be a negative for them, and then they'll like, start saying no. I'm just thinking, like, I'm just thinking, for instance, like, if we're just talking about, like, basketball, for instance, like John at Fresno Christian, does he then, like, right? Does he then schedule, like, oh, like, I know last couple years he's tried to schedule, like, some of the Clovis schools and some of the, they don't want to play him because how does that, in their eyes, you know, it's a lose-lose situation, right? Like, they don't, if we beat them, uh, it doesn't really help us. doesn't help our strength of schedule. Help, but if we lose them, yeah. like, you're not kind of, you're not playing those games, you know, like. Well, I know for, I, I can speak a little bit to his schedule and what he's, what his mindset right now. He, you know, he's actually, he entered more tough tournaments this year. He's, he's playing in the Clovis North, you know, the yeah. children's tip-up, I, I believe. So he's, he's feeling like he's, they've, they've forced his hand into scheduling up because beating these beating bad teams doesn't do them any good. Okay, but then this is what I wondered. Like we talked about this on the radio show Saturday. You have Inglewood yeah. versus Morton. Granted, Inglewood probably should have benched some people. 
you know, after you score 13 touchdowns and you're a UCLA commit, you probably don't need to be going for two points and all that. Granted, it was 106 to zero, right? Like, granted, but at the same time, we've seen Clovis West girls team and Craig Campbell has literally emptied his bench. Yeah. He's put his kids in. He's played half-court basketball. Just like, we're not pressing. We're just going to play half-court man. And they've blown teams out by 80. Yep. Is this now what we're going to see in high school sports where you have other teams? And I'm not saying that, you know, it's Clovis West. Like, you're not always going to play like Clovis, you know, but Hanford's capable. They've done it. The girls' basketball teams where they've beaten teams by 60. Like, in boys' basketball, you see some of these teams. You play these teams in tournaments or go things, and you you just beat these teams by 60. Set. Like, is this yeah. now what we're going to be doing in high school sports just because it could you, it could be you were just going to start seeing these some yeah. of these lopsided scores could be well i mean look this like i said this fall season is the experiment right we're gonna have to we're gonna start seeing it this winter and this spring and next year you know how do teams react to this and what and really another angle of this is they put out these projections right so you know a month before the season's over you're kind of getting an idea of like okay we might be Division Two. We might be Division Three. We start throwing games. That's the thing. <laughs> it it's a legitimate conversation that I've I've heard people having already. Okay, because at the end, if you're if you're sitting there as the the 16 seed or 15 seed in Division Two, you're looking at this. Your no, last, yeah. you're if, looking at your last two league matches, thinking, well, I don't really need these. If I lose these, that makes me the one or two seed in Division Three. Well. Like we'll we'll use this for example, right? Like Garces as a seven seed, right? Playing San Joaquin Memorial as a two seed is completely different than playing St. Joe's. You being the one seed in D two and playing as like St. Joe, right? Or Bakersfield playing. You know what I'm saying? Like Bakersfield having to go being D one compared to Bakersfield being playing against Hilary Western. You know, like that's a huge difference. You're right. You're absolutely right. I, I think the only the only time this that, that doesn't really apply may, might be with Division One, because I think all, a lot of teams. I think if you have a chance to be Division One, yeah, you want to be in D one. You want to be in D one. Yes, 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 yes. But but if you're at the bottom of D two, who cares if it's D two or D three? Yeah, like what's the difference, right? It's not D one. Like Reedley, for instance, like they're for football, they're the 15 seed. Reedley had a great year this year as a 15 seed. Yeah. Now they're 15 seed in D three. What happens if you're, you know, they're the one seed in D four? You know what I'm saying? Like it's just it's little things just here or there where you have an unbelievable season where it's capped off with a championship, or you have a great season, great regular season, and it ends with a first round knockout. Talk about, I mean, Madera football. They go out there. They're looking at the projections show them as being like a high D four team. They go out there and they win the, you know, the the I forget what they're calling it now, but they yeah. beat their rival Madera South. Yep. And all of a sudden they're a bad D a bad D three seed. Yeah. Whereas Madera South is a four seed playing Mendota in D four, so that it almost it almost forces you to be like, well, I guess I don't care about league anymore, right? Or right, like by losing that game, well, Madera you, South yeah. better better position. Than yeah, if you don't know, I guess if you like, if you don't have a chance of winning league, right? Because let's be honest, if Madera to win their league, they would have they've been Division one. Let's be for clear. sure. It yeah. was Memorial yeah. and Bullard, yeah. but now you get to that point where it's like, all right, like now we got to look to see like where can we fit ourselves in? Yeah, it's. It's going to be crazy because, you know, like, for instance, like the Inglewood, people are calling for that coach to be fired. And, like, I've known Campbell. Campbell's had games where he's won by 80, and he's done everything you could possibly do to not run the score up. But people have asked, like, gone, you know, people are like, oh, this coach needs to be fired. Like, if we have a coach who, you know, blows the team out and they do everything, like, you're still going to have people like, oh, that's not fair. Like, they won by 70 points, 80 points, and, like, oh, that guy should be fired. And, unfortunately, there might be some coaches where districts – 
just fire him because of the pressure. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's just not fair. Yeah. But yeah. And you're yeah, you're right. This has nothing to do with Campbell, right? We're I mean he No, no, yeah, I'm he, just using him as Campbell because he's actually like I've known for he's yeah. been in that predicament he's, where he's beat a team like 70, 80 points and mm-hmm. people are like, Oh, like when he's like I emptied but he has to, he did do it right. Yeah, he, like he's emptied his yeah. his starters only played like after the first quarter and like he emptied his bench out and it's just like what else are you supposed to do? Like my you, my you top to, fifteen girls are better than your top five. And like your your bench players that don't see the court very often, you have to let them go out yeah. there and give it give it everything they have. No, and it's not if like in Campbell's case, like his ten through fifteen are gonna start for a lot uh-huh. <laughs> of yeah. for a lot of these teams. Yeah. You know, and his ten for for fifteen are gonna probably be better than a lot of people starting five and probably everybody except for maybe 10 schools yeah you know and that's like how like are you oh like don't shoot it like we're gonna run the shot clock no like you're still gonna let them play basketball like you said they deserve that they've earned that opportunity but they've worked hard just like the starters yeah so i don't yeah it's it definitely affects it definitely benefits you know the bigger schools Mm -hmm. and it'll be interesting because i now i look at two where you have some coaches who at division one you can kind of like you said you can kind of go through you can go through the motions We'll roll the balls out, and then, oh, guess what? We won a D4 championship. I'm telling you right now, we're going to start to see, you know, quote-unquote load management, you know? Yeah. I mean, we saw it, we saw it a couple of years ago with a certain basketball team here in the Valley. and Some people it, were talking about it, it yeah. It, you know, it worked, though. Yeah. I, I mean, say what you want, it worked. Yeah. But I think you're going to start to see load management where kids, hey. coaches are going to say, oh, this kid's got a lot of homework tonight, or he had a lot, you know. Yeah. You know, he had a rough day yesterday, so they're just going to bench their players. Yeah, if you can't win league, you see that you're out. You're like, ooh, like I might be, I might be high. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. Definitely be interesting. Yeah, definitely. I, I one thing's for sure, it's going to. It all starts this week, so it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it'll be fun, man. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to the matchups. There's a lot of good matchups. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, man, uh yeah, that was a lot. Yeah. Kind of went a little off tangent, but that's all right. No, it's good. It's good stuff. We, uh, you know what I'm excited about too? It's November. You know what that means? Basketball is right around the corner. Yep, 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 yep. yep. It is right here. I saw, I saw our guy uh, Julius Smith. Did you see the, what, what they did the Against other night? Pepperdine. Yeah. Yep. I text him uh, Sunday. Text him Sunday morning. Congratulated him. I text my guy Kobe Barnes. Yeah. Text him Saturday night. Congratulated him on their like twenty some point victory over Pepperdine. They beat a D one team. They smacked a D one team. Actually, got a D one team to come to their house. Yeah, like yeah. How- they smacked Pepperdine. They're, they're, I tell people all the time, like people look at. There's so many people who just get with the notion of like, oh, I played Division one, played Division one, and people don't understand. There's a lot of Division two teams, a lot of NAI teams, like those lower teams. They will like they'll lose. Like there's a lot of teams. Like I remember when Cal Baptist was playing Division Two before they made the jump D1. A lot of those D1 schools in the LA area wouldn't play them yeah. because they would lose. And that's what the last thing you don't want to, you know, like, but the, they just got smacked. <laughs> Point Loma put it on him the other night. Yeah. It was, and I saw all the, looking at all the pictures, looked like Julius was hyped. Yeah, it's a great win. Great win for Point Loma, that program. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Does the NAIA season just start earlier than everybody else? Because I feel like even uh, Chris Wright's already had a couple of games. Yeah, I think they're just like exhibition games. Okay. You play a lot of like the little exhibition games, a little, you know, get tuned in, get ready to go, and yeah. Yeah, I don't think this the Pepperdine. No, no, that was a just straight exhibition yeah, game. It didn't count, so. So, yeah. Shout out to uh, shout out to, to Julius, though. You know, former yep. 
guest on the show, but uh, I love seeing all the pictures because it really shows his uh, his stature. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, awesome. So we're, uh, we, man, we got a fun one today. I'm, I'm yeah. excited. Chris Tahowski. He knows about being, he talks about that too. His AU team beating some big time players and, yeah. And uh, yeah, a certain uh, high major Division One coach giving them props. That's right. Yep. He should jump on that team's bandwagon. I'm telling <laughs> you, there's plenty of room. I don't know, you know. But hey, absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's get you right to that. So you're listening to Off the Bench. This is uh, I don't even know what episode. I know. This is. I, I, I That's gotta, so good. We're we're at that point now. It's like I don't even know what episode this is. I gotta look it up right now. Is it 42? I think it's 43. 43. We're gonna check though. We don't even know. That's how good. Like it's crazy to think we don't even know what episode we're on right now. It's uh man, we've been going a while with this, but this is episode forty three. Forty three of the Off the Bench podcast. Crazy with uh, with Krista Housky. Yep. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the Off the Bench podcast, Jason. We're uh, going back into basketball today. We got a man whose uh, whose name comes up from time to time on this show. Yeah, uh, Chris Tahowski. Uh, you know, he's one of uh, you know he used to coach in the Valley. I've uh, done some big things coaching wise, basketball wise. Um, did some AAU stuff. Uh, you know, played for Vance Wahlberg. Played in college. He's been a head basketball coach in this area. Um, and then yeah, just has a lot of ties. Uh, I think uh, came up in the Vance Wahlberg episode, uh, Campbell's episode, um, Jeff Schmidt's episode. So he's came up in you know quite a bit of different episodes. Um, Brad Rosnowski's. Um, so yeah, just a lot of different. You know, he has a lot of different ties. Um, good friend of mine, and we'd go to Jordan camp together. And you know, a lot of my coaching career and you know accolades I was able to do and achieve, and kind of the coach I am. You know, I owe a lot to uh, the Stahowski family. How we doing, Chris? Uh, we're good, guys. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. I love listening to you guys, what you guys are doing for uh, for the Valley and stuff. So I really appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we appreciate you listening. Uh, if I remember right, you mentioned, Jason, you mentioned the Roz episode. I believe you were we were taking some shots at Chris on that one or poking some fun. We always poke fun at House, <laughs> and House always pokes fun at me. So it's, you know, it's just that type of relationship that we have. <laughs> we, that's the way it goes all the way back, man. It's always yes. been that way. We like to dig in on each other every chance we get. If you if people would be able to see uh, our group texts, or if people were to uh, you know be in the rooms with us when we're at Jordan Camp, um, yeah, the slander <laughs> that we put on each other is uh, it's nothing compared to what everyone else says about us. It's nothing compared to what we yeah. say to each other. So that's all right. Though we are each other's biggest critics. So and yes, we are. In my book, that's how you know you're actually good friends. So. <laughs> No, it's true, and they know what it is. It's it, it's the way I talk to my kids, man. We can go at it together, and but anyone else outside that circle in, in response. So I'm okay with that. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, he, Jason mentioned that you played for uh, played for Coach Wahlberg. So let's go back to that. You know, let's go all the way back to there. How how what was that like playing for Vance? So Vance actually, um, it's funny because uh, Vance and my dad had history together back going back to the Bay Area. I'm a I'm a Bay Area boy. I was born in the Bay. My dad played up at Chabot, and, and Vance was up there. I want to say DVC, I think, is where he played at. And um, so they knew each other um, years back, and we, uh, my dad played at Fresno Pacific. And as we got older, we moved back to Fresno and uh, started going to St. Helens. And I was a Catholic schoolboy. Hard to believe that now. But, uh, 
so we were over there and, and at that point, uh, Vance and my dad ran into each other, remembered each other and, uh, Vance was looking for a freshman coach and brought my dad over. And I, that's from then on, I just, we made the move over and, uh, I grew up around Vance and spending time with him and the family. And, um, yeah, so I, I was one of the first coaches kids to come through there and i remember sitting in practice going man this man's insane i'm never playing i used to go home <laughs> on the ride home i i used to tell my dad i'm like dad i'm not playing for that guy he, that guy's crazy and um but no made it through and uh, after my father and my grandfather man advances one of the biggest influences in my life and so it's yeah that's kind of where it went and and we did make the change there advance used to be you know half court run sets you know three out two in things like that and then he started making the change uh my senior year, uh, we actually went to Hoover. They'd already beaten us twice. They had a phenomenal team, Terrell Day, who ended up going and playing overseas for years. And one of the best players to come out of the, the, the central section and uh, Layton, Johnson, all those guys. And they beat us twice. We went to their house uh, for the semis and Vance told us the week uh, going in, he goes, we won't, we're not taking a shot outside of eight feet. Everything's going to be at the rim or the free throw line. That's it. That's the only thing you're shooting. And, um, Ended up beating them, I don't want to say by 20, Coach, Coach Moore's team. Um, and it just kind of changed things for him. He started looking at things a little bit differently, I believe. And then, you know, he started bouncing around and talking to coaches and just started piecing together what you see now with the dribble drive. So on that, on those Hoover team, was uh, was Schmitty on those teams? or Schmitty graduated the year before. Okay, Jeff, so, Jeff so, was, so, okay. So that was the year yeah, before. Yeah, Jeff okay. was the year before. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff and those guys had beaten us and, and – Coach Moore was phenomenal. I mean, let's be honest, Coach Moore's a Hall of Fame coach, and he was beating us pretty good. And Vance just, I mean, we didn't have a lose. I mean, they, I want to say they'd beaten us like three of the last four times over two years. And so, and so, yeah, that's where the, the adjustment really started, I think, there. And then he just kind of ran with it and made the switch to four out and the following years. And he had just so many guards coming in, guys that could put it on the deck and create their own shot, create for others, shoot the ball, and it just blew up from there. So who were uh, some of the guys that played uh, on your, like, Clovis West teams? So we had uh, – Joe Ella was uh, going into his junior year. He's a three-year varsity guy. Okay. Um, you know, one of the best stories the man's, you know, tell you about that, one of the things he did, uh, there's a guy that played with me, one of my closest friends in my wedding, Grady, uh, Grady Wilburn, ended up going to UC Davis on a track scholarship, played JVs as a junior. And that year ended up being, as a senior, was the MVP uh, of the conference. Um, just one of the best human beings to walk the earth, but it was just such a great story. You know, he, the year before he was on JVs, came out, and he was just such a dominant force. He was with us. Um, we were, I, I was in that era with, like, uh, Nate Miller and Chiz out at Central. Um, uh, Ryan Watt was over at, at Bullard at the time. Like I said, Terrell at Hooper. So it was, it was a nice group, good group of guys. Were the uh, Solis brothers still at Bullard at this time, or did they graduate they as well? They were the year before, man. Okay. That's when Bullard had one heck, man. They had a heck of a run there. When, when the Swosses were there, Shannon Taylor, man, they were they were fun to watch. And that's when, back when Hanford had, you know, they were D1 dominant at that time. Um, they had a, a nice run there back in the day where they had, uh, they were in the finals two or two or three years in a row or three or four or something like that. Um, so it was, it was a good little, little error back then. How was the transition for you as a player, right? Because – because you said they, you know, Vance kind of did a little more four out, one in. Like, did you, you know, because you're about six five. Like, was that like a position change for you, or is that something that was kind of a natural transition for you? Or, well, it was it was funny because growing up, I was always I was I was a short little fat kid, and you know, I didn't like to work hard. I just like to shoot threes, so I was fine. And then all of a sudden, I had a growth spurt. And then I went down. I got to play two years down at Cal Lutheran, 
and uh, they transitioned me out actually to the three four. So I, I started getting it, and whenever I would come back, I was always around Vance and and uh, Coach Gregory and those guys, and they were just doing individual skill stuff. So I was just jumping in and trying to learn the guard stuff. So it, it kind of helped me transition into understanding because I would come back during the summer. I'd be in the weight room there. I was, you know, working out and getting shots up with them. So it, it helped me. I started understanding it early on. And I've been in the family of coaches. My my uncle up at Chabot's in the uh, J.C. Hall of Fame. And my dad, both my uncles, my, my other uncle's a football coach. My grandfather was a referee. So it's, a, it's always been in the blood. And I always, always looked at it differently. Um, I always try to see the game, like, from a coach's point of view. And... So the transition got easy for me, I think. I, I think I was just kind of – it was in my bloodline, so it made it a little easier. Now, Chris, you, uh, you know, obviously played for played for Vance. You played for the real Vance, though, right? These kids nowadays <laughs> – Kids think he's tough right now, but he's he's got he's gotten soft. Man, you should see it, man. I, I give it to him every time. I get, every time I see him, man, I'm like, man, you let things go. You kill me, man. And and he was man. He was. Man, there's some things. There's stories I can give you guys. That he, Vance was very hard back in the day, and it was, it was my way highway. Um, you know, his tone was a little bit different. I was I was a senior playing for him, and Joel, like I said, was a third year varsity guy, and he turned to me and he goes, "If it was if CIF would let me, I would put your ass on JVs right now." And I just turned and looked at him. I go, and and I could. And, and the problem was like I go home and I go to home to a, a coach, and he's like. Well, that's your coach. That's what he said. He'll put your ass on JVs. Deal with it. And so it, it was a different perspective for me. And, and Vance now, I oh man, I give I give it to him every chance. I, even Tyrone will tell me he's like, oh, he's got a soft house. But every time I talk to Tyrone, he's like, man, he's got a soft man. His stuff that he lets go that he would never let go with us. And, and he does. It comes with time, man. And, and I've even noticed myself, and I and I get it. Uh, the Johnsons, uh, Denise Johnson. I, I had all three of her boys. I had uh, John, Brandon, and and Denzel. She. She used to give me a bad time. She's like, I wish you coached my my youngest the way you used to coach my oldest. And just just in time, man. You get get a little softer in time, man. <laughs> but yeah, funny. Vance Vance back in the day was he was a different breed, man. He was he was wild back in the day. Well, what's funny is you'll still occasionally have kids leaving the program now because he's too hard. Well, and I, you know, I think it's just a different it's a different era now at times yeah. with kids and 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 the way it is and the we didn't have the trainers like we did back in that, you know, even like in the early 2000s, the trainers weren't big, you know, when I was doing AAU and all that stuff back in Fresno and, and getting that up and running, like I didn't have the situation that was going on now. And I probably would have struggled with it as much. Um, and it's just, there's a lot more input coming in, I think, is, is probably a better way of putting it. There's uh, Kids are getting input from everyone, you know, nowadays. It's coming from every angle. And it's it's tough to balance when you're trying to run a program and you're trying to run a program of 60 kids and, you know, Clubs Unified is asking you to run a K through 12 program. And, you know, now you're balancing, you know, your varsity team, your, your program, your middle school and all that stuff. And sometimes, you know, kids are away and playing and there's other influences and, Hey, you know, it's better at this place and grass is always greener. And so it's tough. Like it, it, it is, it is. I don't disagree with it. And you know what though? It's that way everywhere. I, out here, it's crazy. I'm, we're out in Phoenix now and, and with the prep schools, uh, man, it, kids are leaving left and right all over the place and so it's it's everywhere right now no i definitely agree yeah it's basketball is definitely a, a different breed than it was back in the day so you talked about you went to cal lutheran out of high school was that um is that kind of did you was that all you know was that always your first choice did you always want to play basketball in college and then why cal lutheran 
Well, I, no, I mean, honestly, I, I was just, I was raised as a coach's kid, man. I, I want to, went back in the day where I was just raised, win Valley titles, do the best you can at the high school. If anything happens, happens. I, it was a different mentality, even for my father who played, you know, at Fresno Pacific. And we just never really talked about it much. And I never really thought about it. And uh, I was lucky enough, Coach Moore, Coach Tesler, um, Coach Felder, Coach Walver, were, back in the day, were running Nike League on Saturdays. And they would take an all-star team. They would make an all-star team out of that. Um, they'd go, we'd play for six straight weeks, six, eight straight weeks. And then they'd put an all-star team together. We'd go to LA, go to Vegas, things like that. And I was lucky enough to, to make a couple of those teams. Uh, Moss was just starting out Evo, like first couple of years. And I, I got put on the senior team and got, I, I got some low end, you know, schools calling no D3 don't, they don't offer athletic. It was academic. And, um, so I got, I had a couple of the, out of schools out of Sky Act. Uh, a couple of JCs were looking at me to come up and play. I went and I tried out Chabot. Uh, we went to Foothill, Fresno City. Um, just looking at some offers, and I really didn't think about it until I was a senior, which is so, you know, nowadays that's unheard of. You know, everyone's thinking about it in seventh, eighth grade, and it was just a different era back then. Um, but it was good. I, you know, Rich Ryder was the head coach out there. He did a phenomenal job. Uh, Jeff Daines was the, my lead recruiter. And, great guy um and, and i love the opportunity you know d3 is is a different athletic experience you know it's um there's there's not money there you're playing because you love it you know you're playing people that are undersized and you know maybe not as athletic but it's still competitive it's very competitive uh division so it was, it was nice it's a great experience so after you left Kalu. You come back, and were you always like, "Hey, I'm gonna coach. I'm gonna teach. I'm gonna coach." Was there, you know, other any other plans, or was it always, you know, I want to be around basketball. I want to coach, and I'll teach uh, because was, I got to coach. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. It's what we do as coaches. As as coaches, like, well, the best job for me to do is to teach, and I can be around it. So now, when I came back, um, I actually I came back and I was starting to help Vance a little bit, and uh, Danny, I was at Fresno City, and uh, I was just, I think I was rapping or something like that. And uh, he came by and he's like, you know, just kind of talking a little bit. And he's like, why don't you come by and let's talk. And so I came by and he offered me, uh, he wanted to be the, uh, to be the basketball ops at Fresno City. And uh, and I was like, nah, you know, I'm going to stay with Vance. And I did that and stayed with Vance. Um, it was always just, it's in my bloodline. It's just something I do. You know, my dad always just talk. It's a family business. Uh, we just, we love being on the floor. We love teaching. We love being on the kids and just the atmosphere and, and the game. So it just, it was always in my plans. It never changed. It was just a matter of what I was going to do, what level I was going to be at, and trying to find what fit me best. So before you joined the staff, Clovis West had never lost a track game, right? And then you joined the staff, and then they lost a track game? Is that... <laughs> hey, I just wanted to be, <laughs> hey, I just wanted to be known that I, I started that, all right? We <laughs> smart ass. <laughs> Jason, who this they, will who, stay in the podcast, by the way. <laughs> Jason, who they who they lose to? How soon did you guys all lose to? Man, I didn't lose to anybody, man. I don't know who you're talking about. I don't, I don't lose to anybody. <laughs> Those were the no. dark years for us. Those were the dark years uh, when we lost to Clovis back in the day. That was old, yeah. But no, it was. But, go but you go back to it though, like what. And, they go, and I'm going to give credit to fans and some of the other guys that were doing it and stuff. And, and you guys, and Johnny out there with you guys, like, it, it became a more kind of year-round. Like, we, we watched Clovis High when I was there. Like, you know, Danny Luna and those guys were playing there. And 
they're trying to get before <laughs> this is how long this is how old I am playing wise. Like but this is the last year before the shot clock and Clovis High is going four corners because they don't want to get run out of the gym. And you know, from from coming to there to where you guys were at eight years later, I mean that's that was huge strides, man. That was uh, that's compliments to you guys and to Johnny and the and the staff out there. No, but like I people, you know, we joking, you know, jokes all aside. Like Vance raised the bar of basketball in this section. You know, like it, like you had to, like you had to do a feeder program. Um, at the time, Vance was the only one who kind of in the you know, was kind of doing that. Like he, everyone started doing little hoopsters. Everyone started, you know, making sure it's a year-round thing. Everyone started. All right, if we want to compete. We got to do the fall leagues. We got to do the spring leagues. We got to do a yeah. summer, you know, like we got to be in the weight room. Like it was just, you know, like, you know, I don't think Vance gets enough credit for that. How, you know, how much the Valley, everyone in this section, you know, like you got to raise the bar and, you know, it's, you you know, the whole, everyone in this section, you know, started going year round. No, and, and you're right, Jane. It's, it's funny because. Uh, between, you know, like when you and I were traveling, like when you were helping out with AAU with us and when we were going to Jordan camp and going up and when I worked for the, doing the Warriors camps and bouncing around and talking to people, like even when I went out to Georgia and they wanted to know our background and what we did and I started explaining to them. They're like, you guys do what? You guys go 11 and a half months out of the year? I'm like, yeah. This, and this, and I would explain it. You know, this, this is our timeline for the year and then this, the cycle starts all over again and then we, and it goes again. And it was, and it was Nancy. And you saw it start to spread, and you saw the t- everyone else starting to step up, and you saw that the coaches, and, and you really started getting that separation for those, you know, those early two thousands, you know, late late nineties, early two thousands. It really started to, to amp up out here in the valley, and, and you saw the level get a little bit better. You saw people, you saw us going out and playing more people, and it wasn't just close west. You know, the other teams were going out and getting getting out and going down, playing best of the west during the season. Uh, you know, when Timmy got out to close East, things started going. Bakersfield was going. Like it was, it was good. I I thought it was really great for the Valley. You know, I'm a big Valley guy. I, I always believe my dad always thought, you know always remember where your feet got dirty at, and and that's why I love the Valley because I'll fight, I'll square up on anyone for the Valley. Like I I love seeing our kids going out. When I say our kids, I'm talking about our Valley kids going and competing against those LA teams and going to the Bay Area and playing, you know, up in Sacramento. So it, Vance did a great job in that. He really, really did. Okay, so I gotta ask you a question. Um, when a the, serious one, a serious no, this one is serious. Go, this is a serious, okay, serious right, question. Serious yeah, question. Yeah, sure you gotta keep an eye on him, please. <laughs> serious question. Like, like for instance, like the BCW. When did yes. that? When did that start? When did Vance like get that thing going? Do that you, was that was early two thousand. That was Vance and and um, uh, Brandis. They they got that up and going, man, and just. And they killed it. That, that was such great basketball they brought in. You, you know, the guys, the schools, not only the schools they're bringing in, but the talent, you know, the NBA guys that were coming and playing on those floors. And it was, it was a monster. I mean, it was, that was so great for the Valley. Okay. So that was, I'm trying to think. So he, you're saying like early 2000, like, so like 2000, like, yeah, it, uh, yeah, it was right. I want, you know, timeline wise, it was right after I had gotten back and I got back 2000, 2001. So it was right in that time frame, maybe 2002, well, you know, no, Tyson Chandler was coming. Because I remember um, my sophomore year, I played my first game. I played my sophomore year on varsity was a BCW. We played against Skyline. Like I just look at like the three games, my three opening games of the BCW, my sophomore, junior, senior. So we went Skyline from the Bay Area, Inglewood, always up to no good, and then always. and then Crenshaw. Those were my three opening games in the BCW. Yeah, you know, like yeah, 
and it was just it was by far I felt like it was just unbelievable the talent the teams you get the best teams from the Bay Area the best teams from you know SoCal they'd all come here and so yeah I was just wondering like when that kind of started because that was an unbelievable tournament no, it was right about that time, Jake. I remember it because you guys were playing out in the, um, the the back gym at the time. You played, uh, if I remember correctly, you guys played Inglewood um, out in the the, God, what is it, the auxiliary gym, if I was correct on that one. No, we and, played Crenshaw in the back one, the one that we won. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah that one, because I, yeah. I was working that one. And so, yeah, it was right about that time I came back. And a lot of it, you know, it goes back to where, you know, you were talking about bands going out and playing all the time and going down and making those connections. Um, and then, you know, um, with everybody playing, you know, going up and playing in the San Francisco tournaments, going down and playing down there. And then all of a sudden, you know, we, we're, we're starting to get a little bit deeper into the playoffs to where we're getting a little bit more credibility and Vance had that vision of, of, hey, you know, why don't we bring North and South together here? We play it. We have a facility here. and You know, we can play two games. We stagger it. That way people just go bounce back and forth and watch games. And it was a great setup. It was, it was such a great gift for the, the valley to see high school basketball wise no yeah that was i still tell people all the time like if you if you were a huge fan of like high school basketball you missed out on probably the best tournament that there may ever be there may ever you know there ever was in this area because yeah like you said you talk about the talent the teams you know like you said like tyson chandler was here deshaun stevens like it was the you know like you had unbelievable teams that were coming in yeah. you had nba guys that you know we're playing in that high school tournament. No, it is, and, it, and it's changed so much in in the game. The way it's done at the high school level now has changed so much is that you're losing some of that top talent to prep schools and that are that aren't playing in the high school level anymore. And then those that are are now going to the bigger tournaments. They're you know they're just going to the Nike stuff. They're on the Adidas. They're at the Under Armour circuits, things like that. They're going to those sponsored ones. To where it's a tournament like that, it's tough to pull those teams now. So it's it, it's tough to replicate that now uh, with the the way the basketball environment is nowadays. Okay, so Vance goes to City. You went with him, correct? Uh, so I stayed. Um, okay. My my dad and I I stayed um, for a couple years with Tom. Okay. Uh, or which I stayed. Uh, my my dad and I did JVs together uh, for uh, for a couple years together. Um, and then uh, after my second year, I wanted to move. I was I was getting close to finishing my degree at Fresno State. After after my two years at Cali, I came back and was getting my degree at Fresno State. And I was getting to that point where I wanted to make that jump. I didn't want to be a lower level guy. I didn't want to be. And, um, I went to Tom, and Tom's like, I don't have space for you. You know, you have to stay down on, on the lower levels. Um, and just Lord works in crazy ways. Vance was at a tournament and. We were just kind of talking. He's like, "Hey, I want to talk to you. I lost a coach, and I want a young guy. And you know, would you be interested?" So I went and sat down with him and one of his assistants. Uh, we had dinner, and he's like, "I want to bring you on." And uh, so then I made the jump over. I was over there with him for three years over there at uh, at Fresno City with him, and uh, we had we had a great run through there. Um, I was part of the team that won 34 0. I was gonna say that state uh, that team that won the championship. Yeah, and, and that was unbelievable. It was it, hilarious. You, you come and watch us practice, and you would have thought that we were ten and twenty. And it was just such a wild atmosphere. Mean, we had such a wild group of kids, such on a, such a wide range of kids. And, uh, I want to say that year we had nine kids move on to four-year schools um, in the next two years that were connected to that team. Uh, but man, you would come into our practice, and 
players yelling at fans, fans yelling at the players. And people, the kids are walking out. Like it was just, it was my first introduction to JC basketball. And it was just, <laughs> it was a wild experience, man. And, and I love it, man. I still talk to some of the kids from that group. And, uh, it, but yeah. And then the following year, we had uh, Tyson Parker and uh, Jordan and those guys. And we ended up losing t- in the uh, state semis. So that group had an amazing run. That, that sophomore group I won like somewhere 63 games or something like that over over two years. So what? it was a nice run there. You said you were there for three years. What years are we talking about here? It was 03 to 06. Okay. 03 to 04. 03 to 06. Yeah. So you had Tyson, right? I want to make Tyson and Jordan came back from their Mormon missions, correct? That's what yes. you're talking about, their yes. sophomore years. Yeah. 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 So the tie came back. They came back and they were got back late and were gray shirting with Jay and those guys and then um played freshman sophomore years for us. Um and they were just just studs, man. Yeah. Great kids. Got after it, man. There's they make your life easy. Those aren't the junior college kids you were talking about though. No, no, <laughs> man. It was amazing, man. And, and it was such I loved it because it opened my eyes. You know, I was talking about, I was trying to figure out what level I that I worked my best at, man. And I remember we was uh, late in our my second year there, and we got Reggie Butler um, over from Fresno State. And Reggie showed up, and, man, he's all personality, straight out of Long Beach Poly, just all personality, man. Big old smile, just worked the room, man. He was amazing. And we're going through layup line the first time, and he comes through and dunks it, and I was like, this is what I, this is my home. I'm good with this. He came through, windmilled it. He's running sprints backwards, beating people. He was one <laughs> of the greatest athletes I've, I've ever coached in my life. And but man, he and Vance would go out. It was fun. It was fun to watch, man. It was it was interesting. And then we go on the floor. And we would our best battles were in practice because we were going out and beating teams by 30 and 40 uh, every night. You know, we won yeah. the I want we won state by 18 that year. Um, it was. It was a group. It was, it was the best group I've ever been around talent-wise. So when Vance goes off to Pepperdine, was there ever a thought process of going with him to Pepperdine? No. No, it wasn't. And and Vance, you know, we had talked a couple times, and I, I knew me going was a long shot. I was young. I, I, I was doing – I had started chaos a little bit, but we were in the early stages of it. You know, we were just doing local stuff, and I didn't have the connections that I eventually ended up having. Um, so I, and I got it, man. I didn't bring much to the table at the time. My wife was just finishing up her master's and just started her job. Um, we just had a little one on the way. And so it, it wasn't, I wasn't at that place. You know, he took Lauren with him. Um, that was the only one he took. And then he had to pick up some guys recruiting wise. And, and you know, the way it is at that level, man, you need guys that can recruit that have connections. And I didn't have that. And, and I was never really an option at that time, um, where I was at in my career. No, I, yeah, I totally understand. Yeah, give a shout out to Charlie because that's the little one we're talking about, little man Charlie. Yeah, well, man, and, and he kept me grounded at that point. And, uh, it, it was the right move. It was, you know, Vance. Vance was making his move. He was bringing guys in, and he was bringing some guys that can recruit. I mean, he had some some damn good recruiting classes when he was down there at Pepperdine coming around. So um, I made that choice and and to stay behind and look for a head coaching job and, and trying to figure out my path. So is that how you end up at Madera? So I ended up in Madero, uh, Joe Allo, um, you know, once you know, played at the West together, he's the AD out there. Kent had resigned two years prior. Joe took it over for a year, and then he was just there for one year and then ended up going over as the AD. Um, so at the time, I'm getting chaos started at the time. You know, we're doing it local. 
it started because you know going back to what Vance, you know, we're talking about balance, Vance and all the local high school teams. Once the season gets done, they all would go transition to their AAU programs, and so they would leave the, the high school kids alone. They wouldn't play with anybody, and there was no teams around at that time that were taking the high school kids for that three months, and and playing with them. They were have they'd have to drive up and play for like the Bay Area Hoosiers like B team C team. They'd go down and try out for you know the pumps and um and, and for Belmont Shores and they were trying out for teams and a couple of parents came by and they're like hey would you mind doing this and that's why I did that so at this time I'm getting that started I'm getting chaos started and I took over the Madera job um in 06 at the time and so then I made that transition out to to being a head coach out there for the first time. So this is where we meet D, correct? Yes, this is where this is where D and I cross paths. So we, <laughs> when I left, uh, Alex Hansen was playing for me, and Vance over there, and Alex was just, just a little bulldog man. I love one of my favorite players. Um, I love Alex. I went to high school with Alex. So, I, oh man, Alex is one of the best people, man. He, he's just got a good heart. He's he, he cares about other people. Um, Alex, so we're playing. Gosh, I want to say it's Santa Maria tournament. He goes after it and he crashes into someone. Goes to, plays like Alex. Alex plays like Crash, man. And he splits his head and he ends up like they fractured his skull. And he they had to go in for surgery, all this stuff. And Al is trying to play like three weeks later, like he has a headband on. And Al's trying. This is the type of player Al was, and and I love Al to death. And Al and I had this connection because uh, when I was at City, I was we always had the set fans had the first guys, I had the second guys, I had the scout teams, and we were always preparing them for what we had. Al was always with me, and I got to we got to know each other pretty well, and we were pretty close in age at the time. And um, I told Al, I was like, you know, Madera job was coming up, and he's like, you know, I want to coach. So Al came with me over to there. Then um, Dalgeet is just finishing at UC Davis, and he's coming home to start. Uh, I want to say law school at the time. Yeah. And Ken, Ken Albertson was his coach. So he comes over to, to meet with Kent, and he's like, hey, I want to help. I want to volunteer, and um, I want to help the basketball program out. You know, who's, who's coaching? And he's like, Chris Dahowski, you know, house, all this stuff. And he's like, you know, he, D doesn't know who I am at the time. And he's like, who's he? You know, where's he from? He goes, uh, he's, he's a close West guy. <laughs> and and Dal about fell over. He's like, man, you taught me to hate these people, man. What do you mean <laughs> tell me? Are you letting you let close West people in the house now? And D will tell you, man, the first time he met me, he's like, okay, he's like I'm not coaching that guy. I'm not coaching. I'll, I'll never coach with the close West guy. <laughs> so that was D and my first experience running into each other. But I'll tell you what, man, I, I God blesses me in many ways. I, I, I've had a very blessed life. And that D and I crossed the pass a lot because of Al and, and Ken and Joe and those guys. And, and because of that, that's where D and I cross paths and D's kind of been my partner. And a lot of the stuff I've done uh, in that Valley and kind of taken it to another level after I left. So that's how we cross paths. I love how you put that, Chris, cause I, I grew up in Madera. I was a Madera high guy. And uh, you know, we were, it, it always felt like we were taught to hate Clovis West and everything. Like it didn't matter. Nothing else mattered. As long as you hated Clovis West, that they were always the enemy. I'm telling you, it was so funny, man. And and when I got out there, um, Tony, uh, the custodian man, it, he would he gave me the worst times. Like, man, I remember you, I remember you, you know. And then he found out who my dad was, and he goes, he goes that he was a big old grizzly bear. He goes, the dude that looks like he rode up in a Harley. That's your dad. He goes, man, I love that guy. I go, I go, whoa, hold on. You say you don't like close West people. He goes, no, nah, I just don't like you. I was like, okay, I respect that, Tony. I respect that. Well, you know what it is. It's, 
what is what's funny is so you're you're at you're coaching at Madera there that year Joe Aiello's there and I'm gonna guess one of those years you were there Kevin Patrick was there too yeah yes yes he was yeah <laughs> and, and I talk about man he's such a good dude man he he does a heck of a job on the baseball uh down with those kids man yeah my, so, yeah the three my brother three actually there, yeah. my brother played for him the one year he was at Madera so that, that was a they, he turned that team around they were unbelievable no, and, and he was phenomenal. And after no, I'm going to give you another one. Randy Blankenship was the football coach at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so for a, for a place that hated clothes last summer, that is it's just ingrained in their DNA. It, you look around the campus, and there's there's four of us all walking around together. But or I, coaching I, I'm the, the major sports. <laughs> coaching the major sport and the athletic director. Yeah. And uh, but I'll tell you what, man, I love my Madera kids uh, to the till this day, man. I I just. You ask anyone, and, and I still talk to Kenny Paulinelli, who's, who's doing football out there, and Darcy, and and all those guys out there. And I, I love my Madera kids to to this day, man. Um, they're just they're they're a different cut, man. They, they they have that grind about them that I love, and I appreciate. And on the teaching side of it, it was one of my favorite places to teach at. Just the connection with those kids and how much they just appreciate you. Um, I, I I love my time at Madera. Basketball wise, it was a struggle. I, I was young and I didn't do a very good job. Um, but uh, I, I love my kids. I love my time at Madera. Well, they finally stopped hiring Clovis West guys because they got Kenny Kenny Paulinelli and Andy Underwood doing baseball now. So they're they're hiring from with from from within their own now. <laughs> they learn from their mistake, man. They're like, you know, we try we tried this Clovis West nonsense out. We're gonna go back to our own, man. And, and I talk to Kenny every every couple months and check in on him. And um, you know, he's he's such a well rounded. Just uh, he's a great leader of young men. I am so happy for him. He he deserves that. And that and that. That city, that that town right there, having a kid like Kenny come back as a young man to, to lead them, I I couldn't be happier for him. And then that's cool. Kenny, did he play basketball too? Because he was probably a senior or junior when you were there. So yeah, he was a junior. I had him for his junior and senior year. Okay. And um, Kenny was a stud, man. Kenny and Aaron Van Claver and those guys. Um, you know, it was a good group that that junior year. So uh, just just a joy to have, man. Just an absolute joy. Competitors. Almost beat Clovis West at you know. We did, man. We had West at home. We came out, and God, we had him down 23 to 6 in the first quarter. Some things didn't fall our way in the second half. Our game plan kind of fell apart on us. And uh, But, man, we, we had a we gave him a scary lease, man, and, and we did. We had such a great group, man. They, they competed for me. They gave me everything they had, and I appreciate that to this day. Yeah. So this is kind of the sad part like I got this is where I really got to know house so uh his dad and I coached together at San Joaquin Memorial so Dean Stahowski one of my favorite people of all time um so Dean's dad or Dean Chris's dad passed away and so uh his brother Collie was playing at Memorial and so house right like you had to make that transition you know spend a little closer time be with Macaulay right so that's kind of reason why you left Madera to go coach at Memorial correct yeah well and, and- get you back to that point jay so you know we're close west people man we we i try to get my dad to go out there he laughed at me <laughs> um, you know i try to steal my brother out there hey, they both laughed at me um but my my dad even after vance left he he bled maroon and gold man and, and he didn't want to leave and uh it got to the point uh collie was coming up um he played in the AAU program my dad been doing jvs ever since i left and um, Collie was a freshman, going to be a sophomore, and uh, Tom came to my dad and said, "Hey, you're not coaching JVs anymore." And uh, kind of really upset my dad. You know, my dad, 
my dad missed out on coaching me when uh, my dad had been coaching with he was coaching with fans for years and when I got up there he he missed that opportunity to coach me and he wasn't going to do it again and so my dad made the decision he called me up one night and he's like you know he told me he's like hey you know what, what's your input what do you think I should do and I you know very bluntly said get the hell out of there man you know that, that's not fair to you you stayed behind you stay you know everyone else jumped ship you stayed behind you've been loyal like you deserve this opportunity to coach your son you know because I knew what it meant to him um and he didn't Tom wasn't going to budge on it and my dad wasn't going to budge and so they parted ways and um it was going to come down to my dad and Collie either going to Buchanan or Memorial and um I knew Pat for years and I called Pat up I said hey man I need a favor you know I I, I need I mean, my dad and my brother taking care of it. Pat, Pat loved my dad. He's like, done. You know, and there's a bonus. He got, a, you know, another player coming in. And um, so they came over that year. That was my dad's first year. And Collie's first year was with you, Jace. Um, so that was their introduction to San Joaquin. Was that, San Joaquin Memorial was that first year. So, yeah, background to, to them being there. I felt bad for those kids for having your dad and I as their coach. Probably not the uh, – <laughs> there was definitely not a uh, – Usually you have like a good cop, bad cop type deal on a staff yeah, or you uh, have that I assistant. Have, that's not happening with you too. Yeah. That's not happening with you too. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and, you know, it worked. You know, my dad enjoyed it. You know, the, the opportunity to be with you and be around that staff. And I think it kind of uh, it reinvigorated. It got, it got him going again. You know, it was tough for him to leave West, but he got to coach call. He got to be there with you guys. And then, you know, you know, unfortunately that night at Sunnyside, yeah. um, you know, it would, uh, I, I, and, you know, I know it sounds, uh, the Lord works in crazy ways. I think that him going there put us around the people we needed to be, to be around in that, in that moment, you know, um, the, that situation, Sunnyside, you know, we, we were there and, you know, Jay, we've, we've talked about it many times yeah. and, you know, it was, I was out of Madera still and, um, I had Charlie with me that night. Kristen, my wife, was pregnant with Caleb at the time, so she was home. And, you know, Charlie and I were there. We're sitting right behind your bench. Yep. And, you know, Dexter was sitting next to us. You know, Dexter was about to be my soon-to-be um, stepbrother. And, uh, you know, the, the, we were there that night. And uh, it, it, Charlie and Dexter, and the, it was, what was crazy is that moment is the people that were there took us right from that moment, from the second things went sideways the moms were grabbing my good son getting him outside they're getting collie outside they were taking care of the kids you know shiro was on the floor with my dad and working on him and and i think that my dad put us in the spot to be around the people that were going to take care of us i still believe that to the day you know those those people that were in that room in that gym that they still are are with us and keeping an eye on us um so yeah it was it was, it was a transition at that point yeah jay going back to your question it that there was a big transition at that point. We, I, I sat down with that night. We took Collie home. And we got in my my truck and Dexter and Charlie and Collie are in the truck with me. And I looked at him. I said, "Listen, man, whatever happens tonight, we're family. We're gonna, we're going to figure this out." And there was a lot of figuring out the next three months. And yeah. uh, I made, you know, I told Collie, I said, "Hey, you know, you tell me what you want to do. You know, you want to go back to Close West. I'm, I will. I'll move us. I will move my family into the Close West district." Um, if you want to come to Madera, I, I've already been, my, my principal at the time said, Chris, we will, we will fight it. He will be eligible the first game and we'll take care of him. And then, you know, the other option, I said, he would stay at Memorial, you know? And so at that time we were, 
dealing with going to court and getting custody of him and trying to figure out what we were doing with him and what we were doing on my career. We just, we adapted, you know, so in, in a matter of moments, my household went from my one son to two and a half sons. And then my wife, God bless her. She's, she handled it like a trooper. It never even crossed her mind that Collie was going anywhere else, but with us, you know, I came home and I was like, he's staying. She goes, I didn't think he was going anywhere else. So it, it was, it, it changed our, it changed our projection of where things were going. So, yeah. So what was that like? Just, so were you still teaching at Madera when you were coaching at Memorial when you came over to coach or did, did you like, did you get another teaching job somewhere else to coach at Memorial? What were you, what was that plan? So I resigned, uh, I resigned out at Madera. Um, I had to, uh, Ron Pierce was, was amazing with me, Joe, and those guys were great. And I was like, guys, I can't stay. I gotta go. And they told me that I, that I would need to, I couldn't keep my spot. And, and I, I respected that entirely. Um, you know, there was some promises made that Memorial was going to have a teaching position for me, and they didn't. Um, and once again, you know, so being around the people, Peter Orlando came through, and uh, I worked for Peter Orlando for about 18 months. He I remember of, he that now. Yes. Yeah. yeah we were like he, the real estate type of stuff. You go drive around looking for properties. Yeah, I was doing all <laughs> kinds of background stuff for Pete, and he was keeping me busy and keeping food on the plate for my family, and, and, and Pete is... House, we got you. House, house, we lose you. Hello, hello, hello. Hello? Hey, man, you hung up on me? You hung no, up on we me? lost you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, so, okay, so you were driving around uh, doing properties for Pete, keeping food. He was helping you keep food on the table. That's yeah. Pete, yeah, Pete was just helping me keep food on the table, and then he, um, you know, I was subbing a little bit here and there, and um, doing, you know, this whole time, I'm, I'm running chaos at the time, and, and Pete's also helping me. You know, he's he's funding that. We're running fundraisers. Brad Rosnowski's running fundraisers for us and helping us with chaos and stuff. And it just so it was it was a balancing act there for a little bit, man. You know, and I, and I was lucky. I have, I have a great wife that is very understanding and has a job that can carry the weight a little bit for me. So it, it was a tough time there for a little bit, real tough time. So we're gonna talk a little bit about chaos. So you right, you have the chaos team, and at this time, right, this is when like Grant. Right, this is like Grant's teams, right? This is like Grant Denzel, right? Is that their team at this point yeah, so, in time? Yeah. So we started it because, like I said, you know, Vance and those guys, and Brad Felder and Tesler and all those guys that did it for me, and I just, I had a chip on my shoulder, man. I, you know, I didn't like our kids going other places, and so we started out real small, and it was just, you know, at the time we had just three teams that I, three three high schools that were sending kids to me. It was uh, Clovis West, Clovis East, and Emmanuel, randomly. And uh, from there, it grew to CVC. And uh, we had a, a young man, a shooter out of CVC, Lance Reeves. Him and Joe Renaga were setting records. They were setting central section records for three-point shooters as freshmen, sophomores during the season. And I had them both on our team. And so we were playing and stuff. And next thing I know, Lance Reeves' dad's like, hey, man, we have this we have this pretty good freshman big guy. I want you to take a look at it. Good family. He goes, I think you guys will be a good fit for each other. 
So I go out and I watch him. And I'm like, I'm there for like 10 seconds. I'm like, I turn to, to Mr. Reeves. I'm like, I, I need to meet dad. He's like, oh, dad's right over there. He's the 6'10 guy. I was like, oh, okay. And there's Pete Verhoeven over there playing the NBA. And that, that group was going at Denzel, Anthony Tremel, Jared White, Jackson Carbajal. Uh, it was Collie's group blending in with the group behind him. Uh, Bryce Martino, Colin Stover, Jason Ritchie, that, that group of, of players. And it, uh, yeah, I kind of rolled into that group you're talking about, Jay. So what, what team is it where you are adding the influential ball screen to the dribble drive offense that gets a college basketball coach by the name of John Calipari <laughs> just absolutely amazed with what you're doing? So we're, this is Grant's group and we, um, we go, we're playing at Adidas Three Stripes in the summer. And at the time, Adidas Three Stripes was one, it was one of the bigger ones at the time. Dinos hadn't kicked off his stuff yet. And so we were kind of, we got put in the, the top pool and going into the, the top tournament with, uh, on, on the showcase games. And so we got put in and we won our pool. We ran through our pool, went 4 0. We go, we win our first round game. We get into the round of 16. Um, round of 32, we ran to the 32 and we're playing Quincy Miller and Deuce Bellow out of DC. They're, they're a DC United team. They're Quincy Miller is anywhere from number one to number three in the country. Deuce Bellow's top 20. They got another kid. And we had implemented with Grant cause Grant wasn't a back to the basket guy. Grant was a, Grant was a little more mobile. You know, everyone, everyone kept talking to me. Oh, his, his arms are too short. He can't be back to the basket. He's gotta be a stretch for, you know, everyone's talking about the stretch four. And so we're trying to, I'm trying to put him in the spot to be successful where they're going to see him. You know, he's going to pick and pop. He's going to pick, catch, and go put on the deck one or two dribbles. So we, um, we, we win our first round game after winning our pool. And I tell our guys, like, man, listen, tonight's game, we're, we're the last game of the night. It's like, you know, Vegas, it's 10 o'clock game. And I was like, listen, man, this is, this is going to be no joke. This is going to be an experience we've never been in before. There's going to be, places going to be packed. It's going to be a lot of coaches. And sure enough, man, we sit there and we walk in and, uh, the other side is, it's, it's packed, man. There's, there's 200 coaches in this gym and it's everyone, you know, I'm a Duke guy. I know you, Jay and I, we don't see eye to eye. On no, this. we don't. We don't see eye to eye, you know, Duke <laughs> staff there, Carolina staff there. And for some reason, I don't know what it was. Like I was fine. Like I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is, this is amazing. I'm so happy for our kids. I'm proud of our kids. Um, my assistant and I are kind of looking like, dude, this, this little ass rinky ass team from Fresno, man, we're playing in front of all these guys. And, I was fine until two minutes to go, and then I look, and John Calipari sits down straight across from us, and I, I puckered up a little bit at that moment. I was like, "Oh crap, this is real now," because this is back when John is is, is pulling first, you know. Yeah, he's pulling it, number one overall picks. He's picking like one and done. Yes. and yes. yes. And so that, for some reason, at that point, I was, I was like, "Oh, sh- uh, this is real now." And so we started playing, and and everything we were doing, we we just destroyed him. I mean, we were up at half by twenty. I, at one point, we were up forty two. Um, and Jack, I had Alex with us, Ferdig was with us and, you know, Jack, Jack knows everyone like Jack can, can walk into a circle K out in Tucson <laughs> and he's going to know the cashier. He's, you know, the, the stock guy, like Jack knows everybody. And, uh, you know, Jack's on a, on a baseline, like always sitting in his rocker, just rocking away, you know, grading papers in July that I, <laughs> no class he's doing, but he's over there grading papers, doing something. <laughs> and, uh, uh, John walks up to him. He's like, Jack, and they start talking and. And he's like, where's your son at? He's like, oh, he's out there. And um, Jack's like, he didn't know what team he was on. He's like, come on, look at me, look at this kid. You know who my son is, John. And he's like, man, he goes, 
these guys run the dribble drive. And Jack's like, yeah, this is one of Vance's assistant coaches. This is one of his former assistants. And he goes, we're stealing some of the stuff, some of the stuff that, that they're running here. We're going to, he goes, I'm talking to my assistant and we've actually taken notes. And uh, he actually walked out and called Vance and called Jason Walberg up. Jason had been, Jason had worked for him for a couple of years yeah. at Memphis, Kentucky. And said, hey, man, tell your assistant coach, man, we're, you did a hell of a job running the dribble drive stuff. We're actually going to steal some of the stuff and, and implement it to where, you know, we're, we're going to use the, the, the on-ball stuff and, and spacing off of it. And so it was, it was really neat. It was, good. it was great for our kids, man. It was, it was such a cool experience. So let's, be, so let's, let's run it back here. So Calipari, <laughs> who is a Kentucky guy, gives you props, takes some stuff from you, Coach K, who you have loved and worshipped your whole <laughs> life, he didn't give two craps. Yeah, no. no when was, are you jumping ship, thing, dude? Man. There's plenty yeah, of room. Yeah, Come man. on, man. Plenty of room. Hey, Come hey, on, boy. I'm telling you right now, I'm a little worried, man. He's leaving. We'll, we'll see how things go here in this next year, the next couple, couple years now with him, him retiring, man. We'll see. You're not, you're not well, believing I in Shire. Be I may be, I may be open in, to, to jumping ship. We'll see. We'll see. Well, it all started because. Stahowski, Shashevsky, those yeah. Pollocks, man. And not no, a lot yeah. of us out there, man. We got to stick together. <laughs> we got to stick together, man. And, and that was uh, that was my guy. You know, he leaves now. There's no there's, that ties aren't there anymore. <laughs> but no, Jay, that 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 group was special, man. It was it was all Valley kids. You know, the following year we were actually I think with the following year we were even better. Uh, we bring in we brought in Tyler Harris, who ended up at Air Force. Uh, John Fenton. Uh, ended up playing D1 um, out on the East Coast. Um, Britt Williams out of Bakersfield. He went, uh, I want to say, was Iona? I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we had Denzel who ended up at Santa Clara. Uh, Fertig uh, who had set scoring records up at Cal State Monterey Bay. Like, we Grant were all at like, Stanford. Hard. Grant yeah, Grant was okay at Stanford. You know, <laughs> that, that, that guy wasn't too shabby. Um, but uh, it just – it was so neat to watch. Like we would go, you know, our staff would go watch the central section finals and we would have out of our, you know, 12 kids that were coming out for us, 10 of them were playing throughout the day. And I just, I loved going and watching our kids compete. And just they were just winners. And that's the part I loved about them. They were winners. They were great young men. I'm enjoying watching them get married and move on in life right now. And, you know, I'm actually flying out next month to Fresno for Jackson Carvajal's wedding and, I mean, try to catch up with Grant and those guys. He just got married. So it's, it's fun to watch, man. I love that connection we build with those kids. Did you ever imagine, because, right, like you started, like you said, it was just three high schools that were kind of sending players to you to all the point, to the point where now all of a sudden, like, you're having like four or five teams. Like, you're having like a junior high team. Like, did you ever envision that, hey, this is what chaos is becoming or this is what it would become? I didn't. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I was just, I, I was just trying to help our kids out, man. That's all I was doing, and getting the opportunity to play a little bit more, get in front of scouts, get in front of coaches, get in front, just play. Don't travel and go with. I never thought about it. And then as I, I feel like we did things the right way. I, I felt we did it for the kids. I, I was, my assistants were never looking for college. It was never about the money. We weren't trying to make a living off of it. We were genuinely doing it because we cared about the kids in our in our community, and we wanted to give them a place they didn't have to drive three hours for. They weren't playing on the BNC team, you know. We 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 called Dinos up, we called the pumps up. No, we I, I want to be in here. You, no one wants to play Compton Magic. We'll play Compton Magic. We'll, we'll be the sacrificial lamb. We'll we'll play them in the first round. Oh, let's go. We'll play Belmont Shores. We'll play your A team. Like 
and I think they started respecting us. You know, the, the pumps actually brought us down and we're, we're trying to, they wanted us to be a, a, a pump team, a pump and run team, you know, and, and we sat down and had, had lunch with them. And, you know, we, he introduced me to Mitch Richmond, which was a crafty move on their part. Yes. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm a warrior fan. Good for you, man. You do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> you do your homework. And, uh, but I, I just, in hindsight, I look back and maybe I, and D and I have talked about this and, and abs and I talked about it is maybe, a, you know, it, I should have seen the bigger picture at the time, the changing, and maybe I should have gone under an umbrella. Um, but I just, I liked our independence. I liked the fact that I didn't want people poaching our kids and I wanted our kids to be on the floor all together, you know? And then when we got back in season, I wanted to go watch our kids play. I wanted to go watch, you know, Bakersfield Christian and CVC and watch three of our guys battling each other. And I just, I took pride in that. I really did. No, yeah, you, you know, like you even look, I, you know, just the, the, the names of the, you know, at the time, the best players in the section, you know, were all playing chaos. You know, they were all playing on, you know, like they weren't going like, like you said, normal. You know, in the past, they would, you know, go down to L.A. or go up to the Bay. They were all staying, you know, playing local AAU ball. Well, and it wasn't that, that was that right there was my whole goal. That was my whole goal. You know, been to the point where we had four or five teams and. Paul Sperling calls up and he's like, Hey, I want to run a girl side. You know, like I never crossed my, and I told him, do your thing, man, go ahead. You know, I trusted Paul. I had Brandon with me. who's was one of our very, Brandon was one of our first big players to really come to us and, and big names to stay with us. And, and he was really one of the guys that helped us get it going. And Paul was like, I want to run the girl side. You know, he had his girls coming up and stuff like that. I was like, Oh, I mean, at one point we, we had like five or six teams. You include the girls side as well. Yeah. And it was, it was amazing, you know, and, and then when I left, that's, you know, and handed it off to the guys, and I, I felt we were in a good place. No, oh, yeah, so, you know, like Larry, uh, Larry Abney, uh, Larry Abney is another guy, who, you know, we talked about you in that episode, but right, you, right, uh, KT, your wife, goes, uh, she's in Secret Service, she goes, right, to Georgia, so you are off to Georgia, and so Larry Abney kind of takes over chaos, right, so talk about, you know, moving to Georgia, and what that's, you know, the basketball in Georgia is like. <laughs> it's a time warp, man. It's a time warp. <laughs> so we left, and and Abs, I thought, was the right guy at the time, and I, I still do. I, I wish that I would have said, hey, you know what, Dean, you guys do it together, because I think that it would have helped Abs focus on what his, his strength is and D at the time, and Abs did an amazing job. Larry was the right person, right job. D being around the guys, Ray Hightower, all those guys staying around and helping and things like that. Um, so my wife got transferred out of Fresno to Southwest Georgia. We were down in Albany. And uh, when I say we were deep in the cuts, man, we were, we were deep. We were in that deep red Georgia clay out there. And uh, it was great, man. There's there some good people out there. Uh, it was, it was a great experience. Uh, basketball wise, we got out there. Um, I sent my resume to the high school. There's only one high school in our area that we were that we were in, and uh, sent my resume to the coach, and he called back like an hour later, and he's like, he thought it was a joke. He's like, who, who are you, man? Like, what, what, why are you here? Like, like he thought it was a joke, and I was like, and I explained it to him, and he's like, all right, man, let me meet you, and uh, I threw him off. You know, Bill, six five, white guy walks in, and Kervin Davis, Katie's a Bill, six five good old Southern black man, you know, been in the South all his life. And we just sat down and started talking. And, um, 
Uh, he's like, man, I'd love to have you. You know, we don't have enough coaches basketball-wise. And he's like, man, I'd love to have you. So I volunteered my first year out there. And uh, <laughs> my favorite story to tell you, when my first game I come to, I come to watch our JVs play. And uh, tip-off was like 4.30 or something like that. And I walk in at like 4.40, and I stick my head. I don't go all the way in. I look in the door, and the team were playing Colquitt County, and they're in four corners. And I'm like, damn, did I miss the game? <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? And I'm like, man, I'm, you know, it's my first game. I'm like, maybe I just misread it. I walk in. It was set quarter, six minutes to go. There's no shot clock, and the score was like eight to four, and they went to four corners because we zoned. KD had a, our lower level zone, and so they went four corners. And I'm like, man, I am not in California anymore. Like this, it's going back to the '90s when I was playing. I was like, oh my gosh. So that was an adjustment for me, again back to not having a shot clock and teams taking the air out of the ball and less possessions and stuff like that. But uh, it was different, man. Uh, unbelievable athletes, man. Uh, kids were, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Um, su- such respect. Um, but it was it was different. It was, but I loved what we were doing. I loved what we were building out there and things like that. So it was it was a good experience. I wish it had ended a little bit better. Um, but uh, it, it was a great experience out there. We actually brought our kids out. Yep. Uh, we flew them out one year. For the Elks? Yeah, came out for the Elks. Um, and brought our kids out, man, one of the best experiences, man, our kids, I would say out of, we, I think we brought 13, 14 kids, 10 of them have never been on a flight. Most of them never been out of dang Georgia, you know, and, uh, we, we were the early flight out, uh, like we took like the 5 a.m. flight out and, uh, there was one flight that left before us and they turned the engines on of the, uh, the flight uh, before us man. and about four of our kids got up and like, Nope, I'm out. I'm going back home. <laughs> I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not doing this. And, you know, we flew into San Francisco. They got to see the Bay. And, and it was it was such an amazing experience that uh, the staff and, and our program were able to give those kids. And, you know, I think it helped us. Obviously, that group ended up going and winning our region that year. And we um, won, a, won a game or two. Won, won our first game in state. And uh, trying to remember. No, I think we had a lot. Well, we actually lost that year in the first round, but uh, great staff, man. Jaron Harris, the young guy that was out with us, he's, he's now coaching uh, D1 uh, uh, junior college uh, out in Georgia. It's phenomenal. Stayed close with him. And so it's, it's, it was a good time. Good experience. No. Yeah. So yeah, I remember that. I remember, you know, you guys coming out and it was fun to see your team play. I remember you just saying like all, you know, just seeing all the different athletes you guys had. Um, but then once again, you guys move uh, to Arizona. <laughs> yeah, we, we uh, so my wife's time out there, uh, we were out there, uh, usually out there uh, on her detail of six, seven years, and it got to our time to move, and we had some options, and uh, we decided to get closer to California, not quite into California, and um, so Phoenix worked out. She's from here, um, and so we got here, got the kids, uh, Charlie, Caleb, and, and Cam all are set up out here and so i came out here and uh, met with ty emmonson you know once again valley connections everywhere tony and, and tim's brother out here and kind of talked a little bit and i just decided i just i didn't want to go back to the high school route anymore i was just i was burnt out um you know i, I my last experience wasn't the best i just I, I wanted to go in a different direction you know and uh, i wanted to get back to the jc route and so uh, ty and actually tyrone jackson I called Ty up and I said, Hey man, do you know, you have any connections out here? And one of his former teammates is the head coach at Scottsdale junior college, national JC D two. And he's like, yeah, man, and Ty actually gave me the same guy. And so I sat down with, with Mark bunker, the head coach out there and 
we sat down um, in their uh, uh, in their lab, and we sat down and we talked for like two or three hours, just talked basketball philosophies, things like that. He was trying to run, start to run the he, he was running the dribble drive. He's like, man, honestly, I don't understand all the concepts. So we just sat down and you know we pulled the the sugar packet thing and sat down and <laughs> noted it and stuff like that. And, and he's like, man, I'd love to have you. And and we haven't looked back since. We've we've been Mark does a hell of a job, and I think I, I bring a little to the table that he enjoys on the offensive side for me and uh, for him. And, and I think it, it works real well. I, I've enjoyed my time here with what we're doing. So Chris, I got to ask, tell me, tell me what it's like being a, uh, a fighting artichoke. <laughs> Every time I bring it up. And it's funny. Cause as soon as I'm like, Scottsdale, I was like, everyone's like, you guys are the freaking fighting artichokes. Aren't you? <laughs> I was like, yes, we are. We are the, we are the fighting artichokes. I mean, we, we catch it from everybody. I catch it from people out here. Everyone gets a good kick out of it though. But I'll tell you what, man, we're doing a great job. It's uh, we were uh, two years ago. We were number seven in the country at one time. Um, offensive efficiency is always in the top 10 We're we're recruiting, doing a great job, but yeah, we, we got to be an artichoke is different, man. <laughs> it's tough to get respect when you walk in on your, uh, your coaching shirt, and there's an artichoke. And they're like, what in the hell is that on your shirt? We're the artichokes, man. We give you heartburn. An artichoke with eyes. With eyes. It, and it's creepy, man. It's a, it's a creepy looking guy, man. He, he is. So, but uh, no, it's, it's been a great experience. I, I love our, Mark our opportunity out here. We have a great group this year and it's a different recruiting at a national JC than it is, you know, at Fresno city, you know, Fresno city, we, we kept it local for the most part, you know, things can't fill in our lap. You know, we can only offer, you know, loans and federal money and things like that here. You know, there's a little bit more, we have a little bit of flexibility at the D2 level, not like the D1 level with dorms and, and, and full scholarships, but we can offer a little bit out here. So it's nice. So the one thing I always love about House is houses like when he says he's a big Bay Area the guy. One thing. There's only one thing. There's there's multiple this, things. This is it. It's the only this, <laughs> this is the only thing he'll give me, I'm sure. This is it. The one thing I love about House is he's a huge Bay Area guy. This man has he when the Warriors were the Warriors that people not the Warriors now. But the Warriors, not my that, son's Warriors, not Charlie's no, Warriors, not Charlie's Warriors. We're talking about a Donald Foyle, yes, Warriors, and the A's. Todd Fuller, Todd Fuller, yes. Todd Fuller drafting, Todd, drafting Todd Fuller over Kobe Bryant. But we're not going to bring that up. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> but it doesn't matter where he's at. He could be in the deep South. He is rocking his A's and his Warriors stuff. Did and not matter. Niners, yes, and his Niners. But the Niners, Niners like the Niners, 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 like. They're relatively good, though. They've, for the most part, yeah, been. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, they have yeah, a rich history. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. no, I do, man. It, and it goes back to my father, man. It goes back to the way that Brienne and Colin and I were raised, man. We always remember where you know where we're from, and we're from the Bay. Like we, Brienne and I were born in the Bay. We're my parents are our parents are from the Bay, and you know, Colin's the only one that's stuck being born from Fresno. And you know, we always tell him he's the outcast. But uh, no, we just remember where we're from, man. I, I, I always rocked it. I always rock and I always run my mouth. I always will. So one of the things is Perry Wang. <laughs> we're going to talk about Perry Wang, who is one of, you know, we yeah, had yeah. So Perry, yeah. we were like, Perry was trying to, I was trying to get Perry into Jordan camp. Perry was trying to get me into Kobe camp. But then Perry was working for the Warriors camp. Yeah. yeah. And so Perry's like, hey, Jack, I can get you in the Warriors camp. So I was like, okay. Uh, buddy of <laughs> Perry's calls me. And it's like, hey, here's some dates, da da da. 
And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can do these dates. He's like, do you know anybody else? And I was like, hmm, who do I know would love to work the Warriors camp? Who do I know? And so I called these other five people. They could not do it. And then I called house. No, like, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. So like I couldn't do it. But I was like, oh, I was like my man, Chris Dahowski. And I remember, you know, and house, you know, loved working the Warriors camps. But, I, was, you know, I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, I was like, I couldn't do it. But I was like, I know somebody who. I don't know if he can do it, but he would kill me. He would literally probably kill me if I didn't. He's right. I would. I would. He would probably kill me if I never, you know, at least gave (laughs) pass on that information. But what is that like working the Warriors camp? So, man, Uh, it was it was such a cool experience. Ben, Ben, uh, Clairfield, uh, Tony, and those guys up there. uh, Perry was awesome. um, So it was crazy because I was in Georgia at the time when you called me, and. I talked to, uh, they put me in, in contact with Ben and Ben's like, yeah, you know, you, your first year, you need to be at least that you need to be here for commit to at least three, three camps. And I'm like, oh, Hey man, and I'm looking at the dates that you gave me and everything. And I'm like, so I, once again, I go to my wife, I'm like, listen, you know, this is a great opportunity. I would love to do it. You know, she's like, we'll, we'll make it work. You know, we'll fly family out. We'll figure something out. And so like the month of the end of June, through like almost the majority of July, I was at my first year doing it. I was up in the Bay, which was great. I got to see my family. It was awesome. I got to come home and see my nephews with Brianne and, and everybody, which was, I, I loved it. But I was gone for like six straight weeks. I was gone for like five of them. I flew home for a week, came back, and then I had to do another week. I did like two weeks, came home, did a week, and then I, we were at Jordan camp for two weeks. And it was yeah. like, I, I remember when we got to Jordan camp, like the second half of Jordan <laughs> camp, I, my legs, I was like, I was like, I, I don't know if I'm going to make this, but it was an amazing experience, man. They did it uh, at the practice facility, the old practice facility, not the, the new one. And you walk in and man, it's just, it's literally the history from all the way back from Wilt. And it just, as you walk down the hallway, man, it was amazing. And then you walk in and the banners are up there. and It, it was, it was such a cool experience. Uh, you know, a couple of times, uh, the guys were working out at the time. Uh, Iggy was in there one time. Uh, Jordan Bell, Zaza, and our, they'd let the kids sit down and watch. And they would. Zaza's amazing. You know, he's great with the kids. Um, Jordan Bell, just a big old kid at the time himself, man. He's jumping and sitting there with the kids. It was so cool to watch and just experience to be able to have that opportunity. And, you know, there's not a lot of things I appreciate about you, Jay, but I appreciate you giving <laughs> that opportunity. So Every once in a while, every once in a while. Hey, every, every once in a while, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you that. <laughs> were we, uh, by any chance, did you ever ask if they had any footage of uh, Latrell Sprewell choking PJ Carlissimo? Because they were filming practices back then. I was just wanting to know if, if we could I, ever get I, that coverage. I'm pretty positive that, that got deleted really quickly. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that got deleted. It got sent. The one copy they have probably got sent to the NBA, and that was about it. Yep, we are not. Nope. That didn't that didn't happen anymore. <laughs> those, those are the warrior days I like to remember. House remembering. I'm, I'm so glad for you. I, I try to forget them constantly. I keep trying to tell my son like he just doesn't get it. I'm like, man, you're, you're spoiled, man. You're spoiled. You don't get it. You need to understand what it's like to be like you know 12 and 70. Like you need to understand what it's like to go for for three straight years not win over 20 games, man. It'd be the laughing stock. You, you know? need to know what it's like that to think that Troy Murphy is going to be your franchise player. Yeah, Troy Murphy. He's gonna be. Yeah, you're gonna sign a Donald Foyle to sixty million. Like, I, I need you to understand, son. Like, this is this is the pain I went through, and I'm still standing. So you're gonna be okay. No, nothing in your life's gonna be that bad. I went through a Donald Foyle making sixty million over four years. Okay? You're gonna be okay, son. I promise. 
<laughs> oh man. But no, man, it's been a great experience, man. I've got good people around. Like you guys, all the, the coaches and stuff. And like we go to Jordan camp, like it's just it's neat to connect with all those guys. You know, from LA and up to Washington to Florida. This game takes us to amazing places, Jay. We've been very blessed. Very, very blessed. No, yeah, and that's I think that's what makes it crazy is just, you know, like basketball, just all the different connections and different people and you know, just how, you know, crossing over from people that, you know, from all over the United States just because of, you know, this game that Dr. James Naismith invented and, and you know, like who would have ever thought? Oh, and it is, man. It's 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 small world. You know, we're you know, on, on a weekend in July we're playing against Compton Magic and we're talking to the coaches and, you know, I'm sitting there talking to Spoon and then two weeks later I walk into my first Jordan camp and who's sitting across from me is Spoon. And he comes up and gives me a big old hug and we start talking and, and we connect deeper on things. And, you know, uh, it, it's it's made me closer. You know, Craig and I have always talked, you know, offense and things like that from, you know, the close West connection. But, you know, our time at Jordan camp, we've gone closer. Glenn Hoffman, those guys like, you know, uh, Carbs, Fertig, um, all, all those guys, man, it's just, you get a better connection when you're around each other in, in that atmosphere, you know, when you're sitting in a dorm room for 12 straight days, <laughs> you know, and, and you connect and it's, it, we're very lucky, man. I'm blessed. If, it's, it's gotten me through some of the toughest times and it's given me some of the best times and it's, I wouldn't trade it for the world. No. Yeah, definitely. Jordan days. We've talked about that with, uh, with Schmitty and, you know, just, the Jordan, that's the thing I probably miss the most about the Jordan camp is just, you know, being in the room with, you know, with all you guys with, you know, Watt and Schmitty and D and Hayashi and, you know, you and it's just, you know, just talking basketball, just talking about life, talking about who has the worst team at Jordan camp, who has the worst <laughs> players, talking about our players from China who don't want to play or we don't want to play them, but they know that they got to get in the rotation and... <laughs> Well, and it's, it's, we're sitting there and then, you know, we always joke, we watch, and it, okay, who's coming in tonight, you know, yeah. Chris Paul's coming in, the extreme, like, it just, the, it, it's so cool, like, I sit there and I had a kid, like, uh, two years ago, uh, he found out that I went to Jordan camp and he's like, oh man, there was this, Chris Paul was there one night, I was like, yeah, I was there, and he's like, no, you weren't, I go, and I showed him the pictures, the, I yeah. showed him the pictures of us on the baseline and Chris Paul right there. And yeah, like, the videos and all that, yeah. The videos, and it's. You know, it's it's one of those things where you look back and go, man, we, this ain't so bad, man. It ain't too shabby. Outside of being your roommate and being stuck with you for 12 <laughs> days, you know, life ain't that bad, man. You know, it's like it's like Daniel being stuck in here with you all the time. Like, I feel this pain. Like, I understand, man. Like, I get it. Like, I, you know, I want to send him flowers or a beer and be like, hey, man, I, I understand. I hope you get through it. Well, Chris, I think we did pretty good here. There's only one small section we got to cut out, and uh, <laughs> I, I think we did. I think we did good here. No, I enjoyed it, man. I, I I really appreciate you guys asking me to come on, man. It's I love what you guys are doing, man. You know me, and Jay. I love the, I love the valley, and I love whenever there's a spotlight on it. So yeah, and no house. You know, you know how much you mean to me, man. And how much your family means to me, and you know everything you guys have done for me personally and you know also for my you know coaching career and everything else you know i i will never be able to thank you guys enough no i, I love having you around jay you're part of the family always will be 
And for those who want to know what we're talking about, just hit, you know, hit up house, hit myself up, hit up Daniel for the unedited version. You know, we'll let you know. <laughs> Maybe we have an unedited segment come out one day. Yeah, yeah. So hey, when it comes back, man, it goes retro. You're like, hey, by the way, <laughs> unedited version. Hey, because <laughs> Schmidt, hey, Jeff Schmidt, you know what I'm talking about too. Because Schmidt even said, hey, we're recording this right now. I was like, nope, we're not recording this part too. So there's, <laughs> we have, there's some things that we have on this podcast that are unedited. So, uh, Schmitty, man, I love that guy. He's a good <laughs> dude. God bless him. Good people. No, Jay, I, I appreciate you guys down. You guys, man, it's it, it's great to have something like this for the Central Valley. Big fan of that. So keep it up. We appreciate it, man. We appreciate you guys listening. And, uh, man, it's just been fun. And, uh, but yeah, as far as I'm concerned, your name has come up on this show so many times that, you know, it was inevitable. We had to get you on here at some point. So, well, and, 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 you know, honestly, Daniel, it goes back to it's just, my pops planted the seed there and I just kind of stuck around long enough. And I just, <laughs> yeah, I just, it was inevitable. I've been around a lot of good people. I've been blessed. Very, very blessed. I'm one of those good people, by the way. <laughs> no, I definitely deny that. You're not in that list, man. <laughs> Dan, I, Daniel's in the list. You are not in that list, man. You, you, you have your own list. <laughs> Maybe if you were a Duke fan. Oh. <laughs> exactly. You were right there. If you were right there, we would have ourselves coming. You'd definitely fall in that category then. Oh. <laughs> awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much, man. It's been a blast. It's I, I, Like I said earlier, I that was the hardest I think I've ever seen Jason laugh. Uh, in the un, in the unedited version, but uh, yeah, man. <laughs> no, you know what, Jay? It's coming back, man. It's coming back to you, man. Just, just wait. I know, just Will. Wait. I know, Will. Oh no, Will. I know, it Will. Will. It's coming back. It is, and I. And you know what? I'm not. I'm not even mad. I'm actually quite proud of you. I want to let you know. I'm, I'm going to tell you this for the first time in my life. I'm going to tell you. I am proud of you, son. I am yes. so proud of you. Hey, and this is this. That part will stay on this version too. That will not get cut out. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate y'all, man. Y'all take care. Absolutely, man. You have a good one, too. It's been a blast. <laughs> All right, man. You guys take care. Jay, I'll talk to you later. Bro. All right. Later, house. All right. Love you, brother. Take love care. Love you, too. Later. Bye. You've been listening to the Off the Bench Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench.